Okay, good morning everybody, nice to see you. And we're going to be on page Kuf Yud Zion in the handout. Kuf Yud Zion. The Shiri is sponsored by Esther Weiner and there's the Chus Sabirafua Shalema for Esther Bas Charna Basok Sharakola Yisrael. And this is going to be on page one, two, Three, four, the fifth page, the fifth page of the photocopy, Kufi and it says letter base, and right in the middle of the page. And just a little recap is that the Rambam has spoken to us originally about the different views of different people regarding what Olam Haba is, and which he did not agree with. Then he went on to a pretty extensive description of what it means to serve Hashem Lishma and to try to develop that Lishma attitude in, in what we're doing, and it takes a long time to do that. And now he's going to be talking about different views of the words of the Chachamim which certain people have the first two will be incorrect views of the Chachamim, and the third one will be a correct view. So again, letter based there in the middle of the page, Kuf Yudzayim. And that which we must know is, Ki Chachamim. In regards to the words of our Chachamim, Zichonam Livracha, Nechlaku b'nei Adam l'shalosh kitos. People are divided into three different groups. Harishona, Vihirov, Masha Raisi, Vasha Raisi, Chiburev. The first group, which is the majority of what I have seen, and I have also seen their compositions, their books. Umasha Shamati Allah. Now flipping the next page to Kuf And that which I have heard about them. Hema Amini Mosam Apshatan. They believe in the words of the Chachamim and that they are exactly lefi hapshat, what they mean. In other words, the literal translation of the words of our Chachamim, we're talking about things like Agadatah now and Midrash. We're not talking about halachic topics where literal is extremely important. But he's saying they understand the words of the Chachamim in a way which is very simple and exact. And they don't understand and they don't think that there's anything hidden more deeply within those words. They take the words at face value and that's it. And all the things which simply cannot be, meaning they're impossible, they believe that they must be. In other words, the Rambam's word for impossible is nimna, means withheld, literally. So he says there are things that are impossible, impossible to be. You can observe with your own eyes, it could never be, it's impossible. And the Chachamim sometimes in their language of Midrash or Agadita, 
they'll say something which literally is impossible. And it's meant to have a deeper meaning. But these people are very simple and they understand the words of the Chachamim completely at their face value. So I'll give you two examples. When it says Moshe Rabbeinu was 10 amos tall, it's about 20 feet, he jumped 10 amos, he had a stick that was 10 amos high, and he hit Og on the ankle and he killed him. Now he did kill Og, that we know. But all of that is not possible. If people don't grow to be 20 feet, they don't jump 20 feet, they don't have a stick 20 feet, oh they could have a stick 20 feet, and hit somebody on the ankle. That would mean that that person is like as tall as the Empire State Building, something like that. Og. So, that's not possible. Or another example, Avram Avinu, the Chachamim say, had a gem right by his neck. And at the end of his life, he took the gem and he hung it up on the sun. That's what the Chachamim say. So what does that mean? Okay, we have to understand what that means. But it doesn't mean literally he took that gem and went up on the sun and hung it there like a necklace. doesn't mean that. It means that conceptually, but it doesn't mean that literally. So the Rambam is saying that these people think that the nimnaos, things which are truly not possible, they think that they are exactly as they're written, and not only are they possible, but you better believe them. You better believe that Avram Avinu went and hung up that gem on the stone, because that's what the Chachamim say. Va'amnam osin came. So why do they do this? They don't understand wisdom. This group of people, they don't understand wisdom. And they're very distant from logic, inference, deduction, thinking about something hidden within something that's revealed, deeper meanings. They're not whole, they're not complete in their intellect, in their intelligence. Because if they were whole, they would be alert to the fact that there's deeper meanings in these words. And they also never found somebody to make them alert. They're simply not able to hear the concept of something deeper going on. The Sovrim, and they think, that the Chachamim never had anything in mind in all of their upright and excellent words they think that the Chachamim mean what these people think so, in the, the way my Rebbe used to say it, is that they're putting their head on their shoulders. So, sometimes, some, it once happened that a person wrote a book about a tzaddik, a, a big Rebbe, and I think he was one of the ancestors of Rabbi Tversky, and someone asked him for a hashkama on the book about his Zeta. So, he said he wouldn't do it. And he asked him, why? Why he wouldn't do that? He said, you're putting your head on his shoulders. You think you can understand this person, explain him, talk about his life, but his, you know, you have no right to do that. So these people are simple-minded, they don't think deeply, and whatever they think, that's what they think the Chachamim think. 
So they're belittling the minds and the intelligence of the Chachamim that they can't be thinking anything more than I personally know. So Ramam, of course, is being quite critical of this group. So they understand the words of the Chachamim only according to their own intelligence, the Shehem al and that the words of the Chachamim are taken exactly at face value. Even though that if you look at this point of view, it, it certainly appears from some of the words of the Chachamim that they're absurd and even derogatory that people would think such ridiculous things and that they're that they're very far away from actual intelligence. That if you would say such simple things, even to uneducated people, and certainly to educated wise people, people would be astonished that you would actually say such a thing. It would be so ridiculous. And people, regular people or smart people would think, how could anybody believe this? So these simpletons are saying things that the Chachamim, that they believe the Chachamim mean, and sometimes it could even appear to be ridiculous that other people would say, what are you talking about? <coughs> or how could you possibly believe that that is an, an accurate uh, belief or faith and how could you believe that this is something good? So the Rambam says, this group of people, they are of a very poor level of intelligence. You have to feel bad for them and their foolishness. So these would be very uneducated people uh, people who never had the opportunity to probably go to school and they think about the world in a very, very simplistic fashion. Because according to their point of view, they think that they are honoring the Chachamim. Because they're saying Every single word the Chachamim said is true, which it is, right? That's true. And it means exactly what it, what it says. So they believe they're showing honor to the Chachamim. Vehim mashpili mosam. The Rambam says, no, they are diminishing the Chachamim. Betachlis hashiflus. In a very strong manner of diminishment. Vehim enam mevinim zeh and they don't understand that they're doing this. They think they're showing honor to the Chachamim, but they're really disparaging the Chachamim by attaching such simple and ridiculous ideas to the words of Chazal because they don't really understand the words of Chazal. Rabbi Sinya, yeah, please. Um, I, I think I appreciate it, but uh, there are a lot of things in the Torah itself that are quite impossible that were conditioned educated to believe that people would say it's impossible. So I mean, having baby at 90. Right. 
So, you know, that's a, a difficult distinction right. to, to make. Right. So Robinson's asking, there are a lot of things in the Torah that would appear to be not to make sense, like the ten plagues in Mitzrayim, that Sarah had a baby when she was 90. So those were miracles. When we're told that there's a miracle happening, and Hashem is doing Nisim, Beniflaos, and Movsim, then those are miracles, and then we under, understand them to be miracles. When Hashem tells Sarah Imein that she's going to have a baby through Avram Avina, and she does, that's a miracle. Hashem changed her actual teva. But when we're not informed that this is a miracle, then, like for example, i just take that one midrash I, I said about the Chacham, the Avram Avinu took his gem and hung it up on the sun. So we're not told that there was such a miracle that Avram Avinu did that. But it's meant to be a statement that's an idea, that's a concept. It's meant to be a statement that has deeper meaning. So miracles, yes. And it's a really important distinction that the Rebbe is bringing up here because we do believe in miracles. But we have to be informed of the fact that they are miracles. When Yeshua stopped the sun in the sky, that's exactly what he did. The sun stopped. It's Mamash and But the Novi says that. But when we're weaving our way through the Agadita of the Chachamim and they're using very unusual language to describe something, then we understand that's not a nace. That's I'm going to say symbolic language, not in the sense that it symbolizes something, but I use a different word. It represents a deeper truth. The words are always true, but they represent a deeper truth. So it's true that Avram Avinu hung up a gem on the sun. But what does that mean, that he did that? So Anais is one thing, but the words of the Agadita are another thing. Does that, does that help that? Yeah, and I yeah. also want to know, I don't know if it's around that has there's opinion, difficult opinions, but some of the stories in the Torah itself are not real characters but lessons. Yes, that's def- that's happy courses. That's what I thought. That's happy Any great people no. that no. that we just don't question if no. they're so great. No, the, the idea that some people say that stories in the Torah are not true but they're just symbolic. That's that's literally apicorsis. Now we may not we may not understand exactly what occurred. The, Ram, the Ramban says that the first section of Bereshis is beyond our comprehension completely. We don't understand it. But whatever happened between Adam and Chava and Ganed and the Eitz Hadas, that's absolutely true. It did happen. What it means that they ate from the Eitz Hadas, well, it's very hard to know what it actually means. But they did, and all those stories that are in there are meant to be real-life lessons based on real-life incidents that occurred. So we would never say that a story in the Torah is symbolic. It's actual, it happened, and it has infinite meanings in addition to what actually happened in the physical world. Now, maybe what you're thinking about is there's a, a, a Rambam that we're learning now, which the Ramban disagrees with strongly, the Rambam says that when the Malachim came to visit Avraham Avinu, the three Malachim, he says that whole thing was a nevuah. The whole thing was prophecy. Now the Ramban has a series of questions on him as to how that's not the case. And nonetheless, the Rambam says that was prophecy. 
But that still doesn't mean it's a symbolic story that didn't really happen. It means this was a nevuah. This was a nevuah, according to the Rambam, that happened. So you have that a few times with the Rambam in the Torah. But nonetheless, no matter how you cut it, all those stories are absolutely true. and never meant to be um, uh, fables, you know, or, or something like lessons, stories that are lessons. Now you have that um, across the centuries on uh, secular scholars, and nowadays even some scholars that are not secular, who are portraying the stories of the Torah as just lessons, but not, not real. Yeah, so that would be apicorsis. Yeah. Elka, please. Yeah. For, I understand if something is a maze and we're told about it. Right. What about one like was an Ova giant? Was he not or was he? Does it say that in the Torah? That's one thing. And that, that that people were living thousands of years in Horatius. Did they or not? Yeah, so Og was a giant. Well, what, what, but, but the Torah tells you how big his bed was. You know, and but and it's not, you know, ten thousand amos high. It's big. What was it? I forgot what it was. Eris. Was it eight? Almost, I forgot. What, maybe he's 20 feet tall, whatever it was. He's tall, but he's not, you know, thousands of almost tall. What was, what was the other thing that you said? Yeah, so that was the teva of people at that time. That was human nature at that time. For us, yeah. But that's literal. So those are the words of the Torah. And the words of the Torah are meant to be understood through Torah Sheba Al-Peh, of course, as they are. If we were told by Torah Sheba Al-Peh that Odom didn't really live 930 years, it just is a message that Mr. Shalach didn't live 969 years. It's just a concept. If we were told that by the Chachamim, then okay, then that's what we would believe. But we're not. There's no Torah Sheba Al-Peh that redefines those very long lifespans. They're meant to be literal. So people were different, life was different, pre-mabal, a different period of time. One of the Mephoshim says that there was nothing destructive in the air and in qualities of the world, nothing degrading a human being, everything was pure. So nothing wore a person down the way that it did later in history. So looking at it in a more scientific way, you, should, you, you could say. So we have to look at the Torah Sheva Alpeh and see, is this defined literally by the Torah Shabbat Peh? Or do they, does, does the Torah Shabbat Peh shed different light on the situation? And yes, we would always follow the words of the Torah Shabbat Peh based on how they, it describes something. Over, over. over the written word. Yeah. Absolutely. So one of the great examples, Sirah Sa'omer, Lusafartem Lochem Mimocharas HaShabbos. You should start counting the Omer the day after Shabbos. That's what it says in the Torah. Well, we don't. We start at the day after Yom Tif. The second night of Pesach is when Surah Omer starts. The Torah says Shabbos. So what does that mean? The Torah Shabbat al tells us that Shabbos there means Pesach. It means Yom Tif. So we, of course, will follow the Torah Shabbat al The Tzedukim didn't. You know, they would have followed the Torah Shabbat They didn't believe in Torah Shabbat al so when the Torah Shabbat Al-Ped defines something for us, which is different than the Pshad and the Torah Shabbat we go with the Torah Shabbat Al-Ped. That's how 
That's how our belief in Torah works. Yeah. Chachamim. The words of the Chachamim. Right. The words of the Chachamim. Right. Through the Chachmei Hamishnah and Chachmei Hagmora. Right. That's the authentic Messiah of Torah Shabbat Alpeh. And we have many instances that the Torah Shabbat Alpeh tells us that this does not sound like what it means. Tefillin. Vayilu totofos beinei necha. They'll be as totofos between your eyes. Nobody wears tefillin over here between their eyes. It says between your eyes. The Chachamim say no, it means up here. Between your eyes, up here. So how do we know that from Torah Shabbat Alpeh? The Tzedukim would wear their tefillin between their eyes because they didn't believe in Torah Shabbat Alpeh. So same thing for those Tzedukim that you mentioned about the ages, the lifespan of those people that's never redefined by Torah Shabbat Alpeh as meaning anything else other than literal, so it's literal. Yeah, yeah please, Dori. Please. Please, yeah. <laughs> he was saying, you know, Torah has different levels, and there's a, a level of soul that's very hidden. And he said that if you don't understand a level of soul, you're not really going to understand the shot level. Is that, how do we understand how you can understand Torah? I mean, or understand what we're, you know. I, I, I don't know what that person meant, you know. I don't, maybe they were saying that you don't understand shot in its ultimate meaning, maybe something like that. But in general, we don't say that you have to know Sod in order to understand Pshad. No, we, would, we would not say that as a general rule. Pshad of the Torah is meant to be the Pshad, again, authentic Pshad, based on what the Torah Shabbal Peh says it really means. But otherwise, as you said, we would all not be understanding Torah, even one little word of it, because we don't know Sod. Right. So on an ultimate level, like, yes, the people who, the Arizal, the Baal Shem Tov, the Gon of Vilna, they understood the Pshat in its highest form because they knew the Sod. But that, that doesn't mean that we don't understand the Pshat on, on our level. We do understand it on our level. That's how I would see it. Yes, unless it was unless it was again, unless we were informed by the Chachamim that it didn't really mean that. But we don't have that. Yochavet gave birth at 130. Some of this forum asked the question, how come it's, it's not made such a big deal, right? Sarimenu gives birth at 90, and it's a nace, like an unbelievable nace. Yochavet gives birth at 130, and it's not even mentioned, barely mentioned. So I forgot, I saw this this year, but somebody said once the miracle happens, that type of miracle happens, then when it happens again, it's not as sensational. Even though 90 to 130 is another 40 years, but it already happened, so it's just not the same level of sensational because it occurred once. She was the first, right. Yeah, Mrs. Schumann, please. Gamora, or, right. It is Torah Shabbat Peh. So the Chachamim themselves were the authors of the words of Agadita, Agada. It's it's in the Gomorrah itself. So the Gomorrah has like extensive you know, halachic arguments and back and forth and analysis and comparisons. 
then all of a sudden you're in the midst of a story, like almost out of nowhere sometimes. And then the Gemara goes on for two or three pages with different connections to that story and very unusual things that they describe. That's Agadita. So it could be a story. It could be a story meaning a story that has deeper meaning to it. And it can also be a, like an example of something. And they, the Chachamim will use unusual words to describe a situation. So that's the Agadita part. It's right smack in the Gemara, just like the laws of Shabbos and Brachos and Yamtiv. It's the same Chachamim. And it's very similar to Midrash. So we know the Midrash Rabbah, the Midrash Tanchuma, also written by the same Chachamim. So this is authentic Torah Sheba Al Peh that, that our Chachamim wrote down in the Gemara, in the Talmud. So one has to be very astute to be able to differentiate, like, when are they, when do they, you have to realize when the Chachamim are not being literal. And yes. Yes. Now, in a halachic argument, it's always literal. You know, so it's just a very, um, very intensive, you know, reasoning and logic and comparisons. But we're not allowed to say in a halachic argument, oh, that's, you know, that's agadita. You're not allowed to say that. It's, it's halacha. You've got to prove it with logic. Logic carries the day. The logic of the Gomorrah. But you can tell. Pardon me? You have to know when yeah. you're coming to a portion of the And you can tell. You can tell because it's clearly different. The language is different. The example is different. You're not, you're ha you're not having the same discussion, you know, as you were having on the previous, in the previous paragraph. You see the Gemara switches gears, even though sometimes it does so very suddenly. But you see what's happening. But it's the exact same people. It's the same Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and Rabbi Gamliel. It's the exact same people who wrote the halachic part of the Gemara, who did the the agadic part of the Gemara as well. Yeah. Yeah, please, Linda. Is the reason for that switch because they didn't want everything to just be out there and obvious and yeah. some things to be a little more hidden? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Ramchal says that and the Gon of Vilna says that, that the Chachamim concealed Sodos HaTorah in the Agadita. They hid the secrets of Torah in the Agadita. So very similar to authentic Hasidic stories about tzaddikim, and they were hiding deeper ideas within simple stories or unusual stories. So the Chachamim did that as well. They told a story or gave a certain message, and within that mes message they hid very deep secrets because they wanted to hide it. They didn't want to give that information over on a silver platter. So when you come across a piece of Agadita in the Gemara, the few basic places people look, one of the great commentaries on the Gemara is the Maharsha, who lived in the 1600s. So the Maharsha is printed in back of all the Gemaras, and he, ha in, a, in addition to his Talmudic um, um, commentary on the Gemara, he also has an entire commentary on the Agadita. So the Chidushe Agados of the Maharsha is one of the first places someone will turn when they come to a piece of Agadita and say, what does that mean? So they look in the Maharsha to see what, what he, how he comments on it. The other uh, important source is the Ein Yaakov. The Ein Yaakov um, took, it extracted all of the Agadita that's in the Talmud, and they printed the Agadita separately 
in four volumes called the Ein Yaakov, and there are very, many different commentaries on that page. The Eitzios Sev, the Ein Yaakov, the Iyun Yaakov, and they're explaining the Agadita. So there are uh, sources to turn to when you come to a piece of Agadita and you want to try and understand it better. There are Meforshe Agadita that help us out. Without them, our eyes are closed. You really can't understand what's, what it's saying. You, you need the Marisha and the Inyaka to just understand. The Maharal also wrote Chidushe Agados. Not We don't have it on all of Shas, but another place people turn to a lot. Um, was your hand up, Elgi? Yeah, please, yeah. 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 It, it's hard to know. <laughs> you have to have an authentic source. You know, where, where you're hearing the story from. Was there a Mesorah in the story? You know, it's, it's hard to know. So, and sometimes you hear the same story from a different Tzaddik. You know, even in the, in the, in the Lithuanian world, you can hear the same story from a different Godel. Gets passed down. But the message gets across, right? You can still see, like, hey, something happened here. I'm not sure if it was this person or this this person, but something happened. So it's like they say, and Rabbi Abraham Tversky writes that if you believe everything, all the stories, you're a fool. If you believe none of them, you're an apicarist. Right? Okay. So somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> yeah. Was there a hand up before? Okay. Okay, so now we're going to go a little further into that. Thank you for bringing that out. There's very, a lot of important um, clarifications that we had with it. So now we're four lines up from the bottom on Kuf Yud Ches. V'chai Hashem Yisporach. And he says, and by the life of the, by the living God, by Hashem, that's one of the ways the Rambam wants to say something with a lot of emphasis, by the living God, Chai Hashem Yisporach. Ki hakas hazos, this group, ma'abdim hadras ha-Torah u'ma'apilim zahara. They're ruining the glory of Torah, and they're darkening its radiance. Isn't that strong, Lasha? <coughs> they're ruining the glory of Torah and they're darkening its radiance. And they are casting the Torah in a light, the opposite of what it was meant to be. Now he's going to quote a pasuk. Hashem says in the Torah, in the Torah HaTamima, the pure and complete, perfect Torah. It's talking about the wisdom of Torah. And it says, this is a quote from the Torah, that the nations of the world will hear these laws of the Torah Amru, and they will say, Rak Am Chacham V'Navon Hagoi Hagodol Hazeh. This is a wise and understanding great people. So the nations of the world will hear the wisdom of the Torah and they'll say, what a great people the Jewish people are. Like anybody who met the Rambam, I'm sure, felt that way. What an unbelievable person. So much wisdom. V'akas hazos misaprim mipshate divrei hachachamim zichonim livracha But this group of people who cannot get away 
from the face value of the words of Chachamim, Shekisheshomim osam sha'ar umos omrim, and when the other nations of the world hear what these people have to say, now the Rambam rearranges the quote from the Torah, and this is what they're going to say. Rak am hagoi How foolish and lowly is this little tiny nation. Right. So by casting the words of the Chachamim into the context of their very, very uh, small comprehension, it makes the Torah look small. And the Rambam says, therefore, that really ruins the glory of the Torah. Now he goes on to their preachers. They had, pe- they had preachers. They taught these things. These preachers and teachers, they teach the people what they themselves don't even know. He says, and halavai. Being that the teachers themselves don't understand what they're saying, they should just be quiet. Why are you teaching these things? That are sheker. Amar, as it says in the Navi, in Eov, halavai that you would be quiet, and then at least you would appear wise. Or, they could say, they're teachers and preachers, Okay, they could say, we don't understand the words of the Chachami. Perfect, that's what you should say. And we don't understand how to explain it. We don't understand what it means that Avram Avinu took this gem and put it on the sun. Okay, that's, that's fair, that's honest. But you don't understand that. Just say you don't understand it. But they think that they do understand the words of the Chachamim. And they, the teachers, endeavor to teach to the people that which they themselves understand in such a weak and feeble way. Not the true intent of the Chachamim. V'dorshin b'reshe ha'am, and they give big drashos to a lot of people, drashos masechos brachos uperek chelek, and they darshan from the Talmud brachos, where there's a lot of agadita in brachos, and perek chelek, where there's a lot of agadita, v'zulasan al-peshatan, and other sources, and they speak about them only according to their literal meaning, mila b'mila, word for word. Okay, so now the Rambam is done slicing up that particular group and their scholars. So he doesn't want us to take the words of the Chachamim that are meant to be not literal and to take them as literal. And of course, as it's come out by some of your questions, where the Chachamim are having a literal halachic, Talmudic argument, then we have to stay literal. We can't say, oh, when they said that a sukkah has to be, at a minimum, 10 to fachim high, it doesn't really mean that. It means it's a concept. It doesn't really mean that. No, it means 10 to fachim. It means mamish 10 to fachim. 
when they said that you have to shake a little bit of an esrog, then the esrog is an esrog, a citron fruit. It doesn't really mean that. As long as it's yellow and looks nice, like a lemon and smells good, that's fine. It's a symbolic thing. So we would never say that about halachic Talmudic statements from the Chachamim. But we have to have that approach when it comes to the words of the Yagadita. One thing that makes it a little more difficult, which you also brought out, is some of the unusual stories are actually true, the way that they sound. That's kind of what Elka said. Some of the stories that sound kind of strange, they are true. But you have to have guidance from the Mephorshim as to which one is meant to be literal and which one is not meant to be literal. Similar when you, to when you learn Midrash. You have to do, do so with Mephorshim to see what's, going, what's really going on here. Was that a hand up? No? Okay. Okay, anybody else? Question? Yes, Debbie, please. Right, and you can't even relate to it. You can't relate right, to it. Right, exactly. which is important. Because yeah. some of these words, some of these midrashim that the Rambam would be referring to here, you can't relate to them. They're just right. simply outside the bounds of reality as we know it. But that's, what, that's how they're meant to be. They're meant to be written in this way because as Linda was pointing out before, that the Chachamim are concealing deeper things in unusual stories. That's, the, that's their intent when they do that. Okay, now we'll see the second group, the Kas Hashniyat. The Kas Hashniyat Heim Rabim Gam The second group also, he says, a lot of people in the second group. The Heim Osam Shara'u Divrei Chachamim. Once again, they saw the words of the Chachamim. We're talking about the Midrashic, Agadic words of the Chazal. Oshamum, or they heard them. Vehevinu Osam Abshutam. And once again, they are taking them at face value. And like the first group, they also say that the Chachamim are speaking literally and they are, their words are meant to be understood literally. However, But they're coming to deride the Chachamim and make them look foolish. Oh, look what they said. He hung up a gem on the sun. What foolish words, right? So the first group is not doing that. The first group has very strong Emunas Chachamim. 
And they believe every single word, just that they don't understand what they're saying. The second group says, this is what they said, this is what they meant, and how foolish those chachamim are. Umotzi'im diba, amasha'im bo diba. And they slander the chachamim about things that are not worth, worthy of being slandered. V'yal'igu adivrei chachamim liragaim. And they even mock the words of the sages. The sovrim shehem nevonim yoser, they believe they're much smarter than the Chachamim. V'shesichlam yoser zach mehem, and that they have a much higher intelligence than the Chachamim. V'shehem aleyem ashalom niftim guim hasecha, that the Chachamim were just simpletons, or they have uh, deficient minds. Sucholim bichlal hamitziyus, they don't really understand the universe and reality, otherwise why would they have said such things? Ad hoyu masigim, and they don't understand true wisdom. And the Rambam says, in his time, most of the people who are making this very serious mistake and distortion, they are people involved in the profession of medicine, the doctors in the times of the Rambam. And they are very involved in astrology. So the medical people and the astrologers who were educated people, they're the ones who thought that they're much smarter and more well-informed than the Chacham. We do have some doctors like that nowadays too. But Baruch Hashem, we have a lot of really good doctors as well who are, who are humble people. Right. True right. It's the arrogance of science or philosophy. Yeah, exactly. Because in their own mind, they think they're very smart, like we say a legend in his own mind. Right? They, in their own eyes, they're very smart. And they're very sharp in their mind, and they think they're very philosophical. But how distant they are in humanity from those who are true Chachamim, meaning our Chazal, and true philosophers, meaning in this sense the Chachamim. Now the Rambam says this second group, they're bigger fools than the first group. So they're highly educated people, and they're full of arrogance, and they're really much more foolish than the first group, who are not educated people at all, the first group. It's like when I read an article in the newspaper sometimes or online about some of that radical view about Israel and the Palestinians, and they completely flip everything over and Israel is the aggressor and the Palestinians, the poor, the poor Palestinian murderers, you know. So I call them intellectual fools. They're very smart people. They write, they write good articles. I rarely read them because I get so mad when I read them. But when, it, when I do read it, I thought, that's an intellectual fool. They went to Harvard, you know, and they write good, you know, good writing, but they're fools. So similarly, this second category, they're so full of themselves that they're bigger fools than the first category. Vihi, kas arura, 
This is a cursed group. Because they criticize great people and princes, meaning the Chazal, whose wisdom is truly known to those who are truly wise. And these foolish people, if they were to truly work hard in wisdom authentically, if they would work hard at trying to understand how to write down things that are deep, godly wisdom, and how do you write down an idea which is very, very deep, and present that same idea to the masses, and to the wise, educated people. So that you could bring out something practical and something philosophical simultaneously. How to choose your language in such a way where you're writing exactly what you want to write. If they truly understood the craft of Chazal and the way they chose to write and why they wrote in such a way, if they truly tried to work on that and understand it, then they would see whether our Chachamim are Chachamim or not. And it would be clear to them what they were trying to do. But they're too full of arrogance to try and figure that out. They won't be moda that there's something more. So they take the words of Chazal, the Midrashic, Agadic words at face value, and then they criticize them and they make them look foolish because they don't realize or they don't want to realize that the Chachamim are speaking very deep things within the language that they're using. And if they put forth the effort to try and understand that, the Rambam says, they could realize that if they, if they wanted to. Yeah, Linda, please. Please. Oh, I was just referring to it when I when I brought a I brought an example of a midrash, which 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 cannot be taken literally, is Avram Avinu had a gem around his neck, and and when he died, he hung it up on the sun. Do I know what that actually means? The different understanding of what that means. Some say it's talking about tefillah, the gem right by his throat. So it's understanding, you know, what does it mean hanging it up on the sun, appreciation of that Hashem brings the sun into the world each day. That's one way to understand Godless Habore is by looking at the universe. So that same glorious praise that Avram Avinu had on his throat by his neck, which only he was capable of, so now he put it on the sun and was saying to people, look at the universe and praise Hashem. And so that's one way to look at that. That's a concept, that's an idea. There are many ways to look at that. It is beautiful. I, well, I just saw it a couple months ago. Maybe I could relocate where I saw it. Awesome. Also, yeah. Yeah. does the word Aurora, when you said it means curse, yeah. does, that come, does that relate to Aurora? To Aurora? Uh, not as far as I know. I don't think so. It's Aurora, like Aurora Haman, you know. But I don't think that that one has to do with light. Aurora, yeah. It's a diff different word, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm.
Elka, please, yeah. <laughs> right. So the first group are, are definitely observant people. They're simple things. They're, they are keeping the Torah as they understand it to be. The second group I can't tell. Because if they're disparaging the words of the Chachamim, I wouldn't be surprised if they therefore let it affect their behavior. Now remember, there was no such thing in the Rambam's time, but there were Karoim. There were Karaites in the Rambam's time. And the, the Karaites were very powerful in Jewish history for, for quite a while. So they only believed in Torah Shabbisah. They did not believe in Torah Shabbat, like the Tzedukim earlier, a thousand years earlier. So possibly he's referring to them, but I don't know because he, he doesn't say. Yeah. Have a great day, everybody. Great week. Good job. Good to see you.